Blog Talk Radio. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind, a mastermind. Get ready for the Fantasy Football Mastermind Ed. The definitive fantasy football information show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Mazurak, has more than two decades of fantasy football experience, comprehensive fantasy football information, strategy, and trading advice. Fantasy picks to click and flick, the latest NFL news, and much, much more. Each week during the fantasy football season on Blog Talk Radio. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge, Michael Nazarak. Welcome, everybody, to Fantasy Bowl Week. Yes, this is the end of the 2021 NFL season. It is week 17. Yes, there is a week 18. We're not going to be here. We're going to be off celebrating, hopefully. Hopefully celebrating along with you guys when you win your fantasy championship this week. My name is Michael Nazarek, and I'm host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast. Fantasy Football Mastermind can be found online at ffmastermind.com. And with me, once again, my very good friend, experienced fantasy player, and really fantastic fantasy writer, Chris Rito. How are you doing tonight, Chris? Very well, sir. Very well. I uh, can't believe we're at the end of the season already. It's good to be talking about fantasy playoffs, but it's kind of sad we'll be done for, for another few months. But, you know, Merry Christmas, Happy Kwanzaa, and a Merry New Year to all of you out there. And a happy belated Hanukkah to those of our Jewish listeners. <laughs> That's right. Uh, we, we're celebrating the holidays here. Uh, normally uh, our show ends before uh, Christmas, but, you know, uh, they, they extended it a week, so here we are in week 17. Uh, this is Fantasy Bowl week. Everyone that's still playing and listening uh, is, is playing in a meaningful game this week, and let's get right to the news and notes. First of all, we're going to go over the COVID list and say, well, these guys are out because they're unvaccinated, but guess what? Literally 10 minutes before this show it went to airtime, uh, the NFL and the NFLPA adopted the new CDC guidelines uh, for COVID, so in other words, if the players symptomatic whether vaccinated or not they can uh, they only have to isolate for five days instead of ten so then that means guys like Carson Wentz that just went on the COVID list and guys like Mike Williams that are unvaccinated and such uh, Darius Leonard and such for the Colts of course uh, these guys can uh, hopefully if they're feeling up to it and all and they get through their five days and test negative, then they can come back and play this coming week. And it's a big week for a lot of teams because they're fighting for playoff uh, spots and, and jockeying for playoff positions. I, I don't believe there's a team out there that's going to sit somebody, you know, for the playoffs, even though the, the teams that have already clinched a, a, a playoff spot like the Packers, uh, you know, they, they need to win these last two games so they can get the, the bye because they added one more team. Seven teams make the playoffs, so there's only going to be one. One team with a bye, the other six have to play in the first round, and so no one's going to take anything for granted. And with COVID out there and knocking people out left and right, you know, uh, every every play is meaningful. All all games are meaningful. Let's get right to the list here that I've got uh, written down. And, and excuse me if if you're listening to this and someone you don't hear a name or whatnot. Remember, this is Tuesday afternoon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 Eastern. So uh, we're doing this a little bit earlier than we normally do. Uh, 
the big name today was Carson Wentz. Of course, we thought he was going to be out for this game because he is unvaccinated, but uh, he gets a reprieve for five days. Now, it depends on when he tested. If it was te- tested late on Monday, he went positive, then you know it could uh, bleed into Saturday evening, uh, I don't know, Sunday morning. It, it, it's still kind of up in the air whether he's going to be uh, eligible to come back if he feels up to it and tests negative. We'll see. Other, other names on the list to watch, David Johnson and Houston. I think he went on it earlier this this season must have been for a close contact for a day or two. and But uh, all these, I believe, are a positive <clears throat> test. Mike Evans with a hamstring, he was already very iffy to play this week in, in Tampa Bay. He put him on it yesterday. Mike Williams is a holdover from Saturday. It looked like he was going to miss two games. In fact, the head coach, Brown Stanley, said he was out and all because I think he's unvaccinated or whatever. Well, that, that now has changed, so we'll check his status later in the week. I have that information on our site. But Brandon Cooks, he missed the game this past weekend. Hopefully he'll come back in the next couple of days and practice and play. Cole Beasley, uh, remember, uh, unvaccinated, famously unvaccinated there. Uh, they said he was going to be out, of course, 10 days from now. He gets a reprieve. He might end up playing this week. We'll see. Julio Jones for Tennessee hadn't done much all season, but he's been put on the list. Uh, Josh Josh Reynolds has just been put on the list too. The, this one of the key wide receivers for the Lions. Uh, MBS Marquez Valdez Scantling he missed the game this past week. He could come off it, and of course he's the big deep threat for the Packers. So you can watch his status there. And the two big names for the Chiefs still on, uh, on the on the list. Travis Kelsey almost tested out and played. He didn't quite meet the protocol so uh fingers crossed there he didn't come it off yesterday but hopefully he'll come it off come off it either today later today or tomorrow and practice and play this week and of course their kicker harrison butker he also is unvaccinated we'll see if he comes off the list and plays a couple of uh key activations here actually a list of five real quick lines have activated jared goff he's going to play chargers have activated uh running back austin eckler big thumbs up there for uh the top three running back there uh for fantasy uh the browns have activated kareem hunt but it's uncertain whether he's going to be able to play on that ankle uh, the bears have activated alan robinson alan robinson stayed on the list for quite a while because he had a bow he had the symptoms and such and then he, he just uh, commented that hey this is not a, a piece of cake I lost 10 pounds. I'm, I'm still having after effects and such. So not everybody, it's not a piece of cake for a lot of people. And most of us, others that are older, uh, we catch something like this, you know, this is going to affect you. Uh, you know, so you got to keep in mind that some players, when they come back off the COVID list, they're not going to be performing the way they should be because they're not feeling 100%. And the Buccaneers have activated Brashard Perryman. That's very important because if Evans doesn't play, Antonio Brown's catching everything, but he can't catch everything that Tom Brady throws. Gronk has been struggling lately. Perryman uh, is a deep threat and a very good receiver, and, uh, you know, he'll make an impact this week. All right, let's get to the injury news and notes so we can just talk some fantasy football here. The Rams uh, placed uh, uh, Daryl Henderson on uh, IR with a knee injury. Sonny Michelle, of course, is a starter there. And surprisingly, Cam Akers, who t- uh, ripped his um, Achilles back in July, has been activated. He was in practicing. Now he was inactive this past week, but they said there's a realistic chance to play. Um, <laughs> Chris, uh, is, is Cam Akers fantasy worthy at all in any instance this week, do you think, if, if he plays? Uh, I'm going to say no. I watched an interview with uh, or, or a, a press conference with, with Sean McVay, and he was fairly clear that Akers was, was activated to help him with getting his pension credit for this year. He has to be active for three games to get his pension. So they did it as a surface to him. And the fact that Henderson got hurt now meant that he, he said now that he, it is possible he could see some action, but he's going to try to keep it to an absolute minimum. So I'm guessing Akers is going to be an emergency play or, or you know, uh, Sony Michelle just needs a, a blow. 
But I, I don't think he's going to be fantasy worthy. And I think Tony Michelle is going to be a, a heavy volume guy this week. So um, great story, great recovery, ridiculous recovery. But I cannot see him making a fantasy impact at all this week. Yeah, we're talking not even, what, six months. I mean, that's, that's, that's crazy. That's a serious injury. I agree with you there. All right, uh, over in Kansas City, uh, CEH, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire uh, injured his collarbone. Uh, fortunately, uh, the uh, the uh, MRI came back that it's not broken or anything like that, but it's a, it's a serious bruise. He's listed as week-to-week, probably not going to play this week. That leaves, of course, Daryl Williams and Derek Gore. So if you're in need of a fantasy running back here, uh, obviously I believe you do consider uh, Daryl Williams there. He's probably going to start. But what about Derek Gore? Uh, you know, he had a big play, uh, a couple of big plays here this past weekend. Uh, do you, uh, how do you rate uh, Derek Gore for fantasy, Chris? Well, I think Derek Gore, if you're desperate, you know, if you need somebody that's actually available on the waiver wire, Derek Gore could absolutely be the guy. Um, I don't think he's going to get a lot of action. Um, it's not like he's going to get a lot of garbage time as a – as they crush the team. I think the game with the Bengals is going to be a really good game. The big thing to note here is that when CEH was out before, Daryl Williams basically took all the carries. And we'll talk a little bit more about him later. Um, I don't think they're going to do that with the playoffs coming up. So I think Gore is going to get a little more run, and he could get just enough touches to be a viable desperation flex or maybe an RB4 if that's what you have in your lineup option. Certainly somebody you can okay. get off the waiver wire that better than anyone else. Yep. And another serious injury that hit uh, Jacksonville. Boy, they, they can't afford to lose any more players. Uh, with the Clyde, uh, um, uh, I'm, a, I'm sorry, Carlos Hyde out for the season last week. James Robinson uh, tore his Achilles, so he's gone for the year. And uh, who, who replaced him in the game? Dare Olga Bowale. Uh, so uh, he saw most of the touches there. I don't know who else who, who they've got, Chris. Uh, is Olga Bowale uh, worth a fantasy pickup this week? I believe they play the Patriots. Yeah, that, that's the hard part. Points are going to be at a premium for Jacksonville, so I would say his chance to find the end zone is pretty slim. But he should certainly monopolize all the touches in the backfield. And, you know, as we talked about last week, the Patriots absolutely can be run on. They gave up a crap ton of yards uh, on the ground and a lot of receptions to running backs, um, both of which are, you know, as the lead back that Agun Bawali is going to be, plus he's one of their best pass-catching backs. He's going to put up some points. I just don't think he's going to get in the end zone. So, you know, if you need to get 10, 12, maybe even 13, 14 uh, PPR points, he could probably get that for you. So, again, like Gore, a guy that's available on your waiver wire. And of the two, obviously a good Bawali being the, the lead back and really the only back in Jacksonville, even with a bad matchup, I think he's a far better play than Derek Gore this week. Okay. Well, in this age of COVID, and of course this is Fantasy Bowl week, uh, we all know that uh, you can pick up players via free agency of the waiver wire if your league allows that. But uh, what, what's a couple of uh, good tips to offer uh, players that are still playing in their Fantasy Bowl or, or in total points leagues this week as the season winds down, Chris? Well, the, the one thing, we've mentioned this many times, is you play your studs in the playoffs. You go with the guy that got you to the dance. And uh, it's, it's really been challenging. You know, last week, obviously, with all the COVID inactivations within the last 48 hours of game day, you absolutely have to build every last spot on your roster going into this game this week with a guy that you could start if you need to. Um, guys with high upside if, uh, if you need to. You know, back up to, to your guys. You've got to be ready in case you lose your stud on Saturday night, Sunday morning. The thing is, though, if your stud is playing, you got to leave him in there. Don't get too tricky. If you've got, uh, uh, you know, let's say a, a Josh Jacobs or a Nick Chubb, uh, 
and and uh, Josh Jacobs has a tough matchup. But you got Josh Jacobs, and you can pick up Daria Gunbawale. I think you still got to stick with Jacobs because you'll you'll beat yourself up otherwise. So be ready, be prepared, check those inactivations right up to the start of the game. But for the love of God, don't bench a stud just because he has a tough matchup. Take your chances. Yeah, I, I, I'll throw that uh, my two cents in there because we had a, uh, a subscriber uh, right before the late games this past week, actually before the night game, it was Dallas and Washington. And, uh, of course, Dallas had just clinched the playoff spot because of what happened earlier in the day. And I had a premium subscriber uh, email me and kind of in desperation. He's like, I got both Zeke and Pollard, and I'm afraid they're going to sit Zeke and rest them because they just won the division and should have played Pollard. Pollard. And I said, no, no, you don't, because it doesn't matter that they won a division. Dallas doesn't want to just get to the playoffs. They want the number one seed. They want to play all the games in Dallas, and they have to win, and that means going all out for all these games. And so I told him, hey, you stick with Zeke, and he stuck with Zeke, and uh, there you go. I mean, uh, yeah. Outpointed Pollard by about I don't know more than ten points. I know that he got the score uh, in the game. And so uh, use your common sense in this, people. This is not 1998 or whatever where you know Denver or Indianapolis had uh, four game lead with two to play and they they sat all their players and and even thinking back then was didn't they end up losing the last two and then losing in the playoffs quickly? So <laughs> you don't want to do something like that and you, you just simply can't do that in this day of age of COVID and all, you've got to play your best players. You've got to win these games. You're fighting for everything you can. All right, let me get to the, the, the abbreviated list of injuries, injuries here. Lamar Jackson with his ankle, very, very iffy still to play. Uh, t- t- was it was t- Tyler Huntley, uh, <laughs> Taylor Huntley. I, I can't remember the guy's first name. Uh, anyway, he's on the COVID list. Hopefully he'll come off, and so he would start if Lamar Jackson doesn't play. Uh, Derek Carr with the ribs expected to play for the Vegas this week. Jimmy Garoppolo with that thumb, uh, he didn't practice on Monday. It's kind of a fracture there, so it's very doubtful. Looks like uh, uh, Trey Lance might get his first start um, this year, well, in a long time. And, uh, you know, we'll see there. Of course, they're playing Houston. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater with concussion, very still very iffy. He didn't play this past week. We'll see there. James Conner with a heel in Arizona. The running back position looked like uh, he was fairly close to playing. Uh, looks like he'll probably end up playing if he can get through the um, the week of practice. Dondre Swift with a shoulder. He seemed fairly close to playing. He's still uncertain. We'll see, and we'll talk about him in a little bit here. Elijah Mitchell with a knee in for, for the 49ers. He's still uncertain there. Miles Sanders with a hand injury, broke his hand. He's out this week. Jordan Howard, Stinger, uh, kind of iffy to play there. So the tip here is Boston Scott, if you got him or if you can get him and you have Sanders and you're wondering what am I going to do to replace him, you pick up Scott and uh, toggle there between Howard and Scott. We'll see later in the week. Adam Thielen, uh, for me, it was a caution play last week, and that's exactly what happened. He came in with the ankle, had a couple of quick catches, got tangled, uh, got uh, tackled, and uh, literally the guy grabbed his ankles there and uh, limped off the field. He was disgusted. He came back on, caught another pass, and then left again. And uh, he just doesn't play well coming off injuries unless he can get through the game okay. Jameson Crowder with a calf injury for the Jets, very disappointing there. He sat. uh, Braxton Berrios got all the points last week for there. This is what COVID does, people. It makes stars out of ordinary people. Anyway, Darren Waller with his back and knee, uh, you know, the coach, the interim coach there, thinks that he might be able to practice and play this week. We'll see. Pat Frymuth with a concussion, still uncertain there. And we'll be back after this important message. 
You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with the assistance of the premier fantasy football information source, Fantasy Football Mastermind. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com, there's plenty of good free stuff, and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. President and CEO Michael Nazarek has 20 years' experience and just completed his fourth consecutive year as SI's Expert League Super Bowl champ. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy content, updated daily, which will give you the edge you need to legitimately claim redrafter, dynasty, keeper, auction, salary cap, IDP. They cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go now to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. Okay, everybody, we still urge everybody to go to our website, ffmastermind.com. We've got NFL Daily Quick Bit News information there. Uh, also, our free Eye in the Sky scanning reports, including those reports coming the Colts from Chris Rito. Our weekly in-season fantasy newsletters, late-season sales, nine ninety-five. the cost of a media pizza. You can check out the uh, sections of the market uh, free from week three and week ten, as well as the inside slant in week four. I want to remind everybody that after next week's newsletter, we will be producing uh, our annual NFL playoff rankings report where we basically project the entire NFL playoffs and then we uh, rank the players accordingly uh, to different positions and such for those of you that play in playoff challenges and have drafts and all. Uh, and and uh, fortunately, we've been able to help some of our subscribers win thousands of dollars uh, uh, using this playoff rankings report. And it comes with the newsletter, so 9.95. If you do play in a playoff cha- playoff challenge, that's probably worth uh, looking into for, at our site. And please follow me on Twitter at FF Mastermind. All right, let's get to the. Week 17 and final list of picks to click and flick off or onto your starting lineup. Give me a couple quarterbacks you like this week and why, Chris. I'm going to give you the same two guys I gave you last week for different reasons. I like Tua again this week. The Titans' run defense is really good. Defense is really bad. Uh, the only reason the Titans are not the worst fantasy defense is that they've played some crappy teams in the last five weeks, some crappy quarterbacks. Tennessee's also allowed the most quarterback touchdowns on the ground. Uh, Tua is good for high volume regardless of game script. He uses short passes to Waddle and Parker, although none the other night, in lieu of a running game. And almost 75% completion percentage, he's safe and efficient. Uh, I like Jalen Hurts this week. Washington's allowed the most fantasy points to quarterbacks, the most passing touchdowns, the second most yards, the most yards and touchdowns on the ground as well to quarterbacks. And Hurts just shredded them for 35 points two weeks ago. Believe it or not, he scored five rushing touchdowns versus Washington in two career games. So with Sanders out of the running back rotation, I think there's a few more rushes and pass attempts likely for Hurts as well. And I really think Washington's giving up the ghost a bit. And, and Philadelphia's playing for a shot at the playoffs, so I think this one could get ugly just like it did on Sunday night for, for, the, the, for the football team. I think Hurts might actually be the top quarterback scorer this week. Wow. Okay. Uh, a couple of guys I like this week. Uh, Matthew Stafford, I mean, he's been great all year, but he's gone through stretches where he's kind of struggled. And last week, it was kind of a, a, a bit efficient. They, they kind of ran more than they did, and he didn't produce much for his fantasy owners. But I think he's going to rebound with a big game against the slumping Ravens secondary that just gave, what, uh, more than 500 yards passing to Joe Burrow and the Bengals. So uh, Stafford's going to light him up this 
week, and he's going to have to keep throwing in this game because the Ravens can score, especially with Mark Andrews playing out of his uh, mind right now. And, of course, Aaron Rodgers, that's the latest favorite for the MVP. Uh, yep, yeah, he surpassed Tom Brady in that. Uh, so the casino's down here on the strip here in Vegas. I believe Aaron Rodgers has the odds-on uh, chance to do that to uh, win another MVP, and I think he's going to burn the Vikings secondary again this week, uh, playing in a home game there. So if you got Rodgers, start him with confidence. A couple guys I'm concerned about this week, Lamar Jackson because of his ankle injury and the Rams' quality secondary. He's playing a lot better. Big caution play for me. Uh, I think there's still a good chance he doesn't even play in that game. And Taylor Heineke's had the wheels fall off uh, for Washington, not connecting with any of his receivers. And believe it or not, I think he does uh, miss uh, J.D. McKissick there in the passing game for the for the uh, the backs. And I think the the Eagles just coming off a really big game against the Giants. They're going to limit him, and he's really struggling. So I sit uh, Taylor Heineke this week. How about you, Chris? A couple of uh, quarterbacks that you're not crazy about, and why? Uh, I'm Russell Wilson. The Lions have been really limiting the fantasy quarterback. I mentioned this last week when we talked about Ryan. They've allowed zero or one touchdown passes in six of their last eight games under 250 yards in six of their last eight games for 18.5 points per game. They've held five of the last 17 NFL teams under 20 points as well. Their defense is actually playing pretty good, especially against the pass. And they've played more than a few good pass offenses and fantasy quarterbacks in that time. Then you look at Wilson. Since coming back from injury, he's averaged only 15.8 points per game and a little more than one touchdown per game. He's yet to top 260, and he's averaged 206 yards a game. I think you just got to sit Wilson this week. He's not, not a great matchup. And then my caution play here is Justin Herbert. Uh, Denver's pass defense has been on a roll. They've held four straight quarterbacks under 215 yards. And when they played Mahomes, Burrow, and Carr in those four games, that's pretty impressive. They've only allowed one 300-yard game since week six and only three all season, under 60% completion. Here's a weird stat, too. Denver in the last three seasons has allowed about 10 points per game less to divisional rival quarterbacks when playing on the road. So this game in L.A. means that Denver, according to their history, should crank them down again. Herbert's just been too up and down for fantasy, and he's had a revolving door of available weapons for the last month. I just have a worry as the Chargers seem to be faltering a little bit. Okay, how about running backs? A couple of running backs you like this week and why? Uh, there's a lot of backups and great opportunities without competition, and if, if Dalvin Cook doesn't play, I think you can put Alexander Madison in here as well, but I'm going to start with uh, Daryl Williams. Um, he's managed a sterling 18 points per game in PPR in the five games that CEH was out. He monopolized all the snaps and touches, like we said earlier. I do, I do think that's unlikely with Derek Gore kind of proving his worth and with the playoffs in sight. But I think this should be a, a, a good game, a close game, so they'll keep him heavily involved. And I think Cincy has been a plus matchup for most running backs as well. They've allowed the second most running back receptions at 100 through five, 15 games. So I think there's a really good chance for some PPR points here. And then I love Ronald Jones. He's got a clear path to all the formerly four-net touches in the Tampa backfield. And this week he gets a game in which there is a bottom-dwelling run defense as well as a huge chance for clock-killing carries. This is easily a 25-touch game for Rojo. I think he should convert that to a huge fantasy day. This is a guy that might have even been a free agent in your league a week ago. There's no one even close to giving up the kind of running back fantasy points the Jets do. So I play Rojo without fear this week. I mean, really, they give up 25 points and 17 points to third or fourth string guys like Duke Johnson and Dario Gunbawale in the last two weeks. So Rojo should have a field day. Yeah, that's a crazy good line, uh, matchup there. All right, a couple of guys I like this, uh, this week uh, for a uh, fairly obvious reason. Well, one is, is uh, Rashard Penny's been playing out of his mind. Yeah, when, he, when he's healthy, uh, this guy is good. Uh, he's really run well the last two weeks. 
and he's got the Lions this week. You said, that, of course, their their pass defense is playing better, so they're going to run, run, run. It's going to be Penny left, Penny right, Penny up the middle. Penny's going to score in this game, so if you got Penny, start him. <laughs> All right, uh, the other guy, DeAndre Swift. Uh, I said I was going to mention him earlier. If he's got that shoulder injury under control and he practices this week in place, the Seahawks, they have given up the most uh, pass uh, catches to the backs all season, the most yardage and such on that. And they, they're just a sieve when you run against them. So whether he runs or, or catches, uh, if he's healthy, he's going to score on the Seahawks. He's going to have a good game, so you start him. A couple of guys I'm concerned about, uh, Chuba Hubbard is just not CMC. Uh, they're playing the Saints this week. Forget about it. Uh, don't don't even try to, to start him. Just sit him. <laughs> I own him in Dynasty, too, and him along with CMC, and I'm not even touching Hubbard. Uh, the other guy this week that's concerned is Dante Foreman. Uh, he's in an RBBC there with uh, Jeremy Nichols and uh, Dontrell Hilliard. The Dolphins are going to limit him. Uh, you know, their run defense is playing well right now. Uh, so, uh, you know, if you've got a better option, go ahead and sit Foreman this week. How about you, Chris? A couple of running backs you're not crazy about and why. Uh, this is not Dante Foreman. This is Devonta Freeman. First of all, the Rams are playing pretty good run defense with only two running backs topping 50 rush yards since week five. And between game script reductions and a stout front four, this is a, a tough unit against which to project a solid running back fantasy day. And now after dominating touches while Murray was hurt, Freeman has been in a dead even 50-50 timeshare with him for the last few weeks as they work Murray back into the rotation that even further dilutes his potential for scoring. And all things equal, Murray's more likely to get goal line carries if they don't go to Lamar Jackson or, or Tyler Huntley themselves. I think you know, there's just a lot of reasons to, to think Devonta is going to barely scratch the surface of points this week. And I don't like Josh Jacobs, although I think you're probably starting him as your running back too either way. Um, the Colts have been playing tough run defense the last few weeks since the Fournette explosion about five weeks ago. They've averaged allowing under 45 yards per game total on the ground. This is partially due to jumping out to early leagues, which has always made Vegas give up on the run early so far this season. This does not bode well for an inefficient Josh Jacobs who relies on volume to have a chance at fantasy value. He's also very touchdown dependent, and aside from that Fournette game, the Colts have only allowed six running back total touchdowns in the other 14 games combined. Okay, how about a wide receiver? A couple wide receivers you'd like and why? I like your boy OBJ this week. Uh, I think the Rams are hitting their stride. They get a chance to throw at the 32nd rated pass defense in the NFL, fresh off a 525-yard whooping at the hands of the Bengals. The Rams are constructed very similarly to Cincinnati on offense, and they should also have an easy time with this depleted Ravens secondary. OBJ's actually scored in four of his last five games, and the Ravens have allowed the most wide receiver touchdowns, 10 in the last five weeks, so this really matches up well. Ravens have also been giving up the deep ball a ton, so I actually kind of also like Van Jefferson as a good flyer to consider this week. I think they could each score. And I love Christian Kirk this week. Um, the Cardinals have struggled. Uh, as they've struggled, lost in all this, is that Christian Kirk has quietly been a very good fantasy receiver over the last three weeks. He's in the top seven or eight in the NFL amongst wide receivers and target catches and yards for the last three weeks, and has been a solid mid-level wide receiver, too, in PPR. This week they're facing a team that's prone to giving up the deep ball. Uh, Dallas has given up the sixth fewest receptions, but the sixth most yards to receivers, amazingly enough. They've caused turnovers, but they've allowed a ton of deep passing. And if they had not faced New Orleans, the Giants, and Washington twice in the last four weeks, they would be the worst in wide receiver points allowed. For what it's worth, Christian Kirk has played Dallas once before. It was last season, and he caught two touchdowns in this game, one in 80-yarder. 
Nice. All right. A couple of wide receivers I like this week. Obviously, everyone likes Antonio Brown, but people might think, oh, they're just going to run, run, run on the Jets and all. No, Antonio Brown is going to catch and score this week against the Jets. Count on it. So you stick him in your lineup and start him. Uh, the other guy I like this week, Devonta Smith for uh, Philadelphia. The rookie uh, hadn't done much recently. He's playing a little bit better here last week. Uh, they're playing Washington. Uh, secondary is just terrible. Uh, I think he's going to score this week, so start Devonta Smith with uh, confidence. A couple of guys I'm concerned about, I uh, already mentioned Heineke. Uh, his, his mate, uh, Terry McLaurin, just had a horrendous stretch here. Uh, injuries, concussions, uh, Heineke's bad play. Uh, you know, if you've got a better option somewhere else, you sit McLaurin this week. I just don't like it. And, of course, Adam Thielen, he, he re-injured his ankle. Uh, he may practice this week. He may not. They might still try and get him out there, but I'm not risking that at all. Uh, sit him until he gets through a whole game and, and plays uh, and produces, and that's probably not going to happen until next year. Anyway, so you sit Thielen this week. How about uh, you, Chris, a couple of wide receivers you're not crazy about and why? Yeah, you may remember back in week 12, I told you to play Keenan Allen and ignore Denver's defensive stats because Keenan Allen had a great history when playing in Denver, and he did do well. But if you look at Allen's history against Denver when playing at home, it is atrocious. Only once in his nine-year career has he topped 41 yards versus Denver while playing in Cali, and only one total touchdown in all those years. They've always focused on taking him away. With Mike Williams out and Eckler just coming back, I'm sure that Denver's top three defensive wide receiver will surely have Allen seeing a lot of multiple coverages. He's a must-play in PPR, but a strong caution play with lowered expectations. And then I'll say Russell Gage. This might seem a little obvious, but Gage has been up and down since moving into the lead role with Ridley out. He's got five games in which he's averaged 20 points per game and, and nine targets. And the other seven games, he has six single-digit games and has averaged five points per game and less than four targets. When facing the Bills' number one rated defense of the wide receiver, a team that has only allowed five wide receiver touchdowns in 15 games and a league low in yardage, really hard to get excited about Gage in any format. Okay, how about tight end? A couple of tight ends you like. I like Noah Fant. Even though Albert O was Drew Locke's teammate at Mizzou, uh, Fant is the one that's dominating tight end targets and snaps at the position for Denver, even with Locke under center. Fant is quietly and consistently totaling up to be the Broncos' second most targeted receiving option, second on team in yards and touchdowns, and number one in receptions. He's also in the top ten amongst NFL tight ends in all these categories as well. And this week he faced the team that is the most generous to the fantasy tight end and has allowed seven tight end touchdowns in the last six weeks. So that's a good one. And then I like Gerald Everett. He's been quietly gaining momentum in the passing game and has been very heavily targeted in the last month or so, scoring three touchdowns in his last five games and averaging 12 PPR points per game since the bye seven weeks ago. The Lions, meanwhile, have shown difficulty covering the tight end in recent weeks, allowing about 98 yards per game to the position and a pair of touchdowns in their last three games. So while I don't expect Seattle to pass a lot, I expect a lot of it to go to Gerald Everett. Okay, a couple of tight ends I like this week. Ricky Seals-Jones, I know he hasn't done much uh, recently, but guess what? He's feasting the Golden Eagles. Yeah, they've given up 12 tight end scores in 2021. So if uh, Seals-Jones makes it through the week healthy in practice, uh, and that's been kind of a little bit of a challenge, then uh, he should produce this week, so start him if you need him. Foster Moreau for the Vegas uh, Raiders. Uh, if This is assuming that Darren Waller does not play. The Colts really, really struggle against the tight end, and Derek Carr needs all the targets he can get. Foster Moreau had a solid game last week. I think he's going to have another solid game this week, provided Waller sits. Consider Moreau as a, uh, a tight end start there. A couple of guys I'm concerned about this week, Jared Cook. Broncos have allowed only one tight end score in 2021, and guess what? It was to Jared Cook, uh, but that's just one time out of 
17 games or 16 games there. So, uh, anyway, uh, I'm not starting Jared Cook against the Broncos again this week. It's, it, I guess, uh, lightning's not going to hit strike, uh, strike twice there. <laughs> Kyle Pitts, uh, temporary expectations against the Bills. They play the tight end very, very tough. All right, Chris, uh, how about you? A couple of tight ends you're not crazy about and why? Oh, Evan Ingram. So much talent and opportunity and so little production. I know he caught a garbage time touchdown last week with minutes to play from backup Mike Glennon in a blowout against a terrible tight end defensive team playing on four days rest. So those don't get real excited here. Uh, even with the new quarterback, he was still fifth on the target tree and only mustered 17 yards. He's not top 12 PPR points this season. And with a green quarterback and against a Bears team that has bottom five in receptions and yards allowed to tight ends, I don't expect this week will suddenly change anything. And then my caution play is Mike Gesicki. Um, even though he's, in the, he's, he's one of the top PPR tight ends, he's been very matchup dependent. He's lit up poor tight end defensive teams and struggled against even average or better ones. And he's been especially forgotten when both Waddle and Parker are in the lineup. He's also been slowly disappearing, averaging only seven PPR points per game in the last nine weeks, ranking as tight end number 23 over that time, and only five points per game if you throw out the games against the terrible Giants and Jets. So... Uh, this week against a Titans team that simply cannot cover the wide receiver and it's allowed next to nothing to the tight end, I would expect Gesicki will again be on the outside looking in. Okay. Uh, how about uh, your one-hit wonders at kicker and defense? Hit me with them. I like Indy's Mike Badgley, still under 20% owned despite 10 straight games at seven or more points, facing a Vegas team that has allowed 10-plus fantasy kicker points in four of their last eight games, multiple field goal attempts in six of eight, and playing indoors in December, good good value. And then surprisingly, Jason Sanders is not very heavily owned. Uh, Tennessee has allowed the third most field goal attempts and, a, and allowed four huge kicker games in the last seven weeks. And Sanders has hit double digits in four of his last six, so that's a really nice combination for me in a game that probably should have decent weather as well. Defense was tough to find a one-hit wonder this week. Most of the bad teams are playing really good defenses, so there could be some high scores from the usual suspects. But a few one-hit wonders, I'll go with Chicago against at home against the Giants. So once proud defense against an undermanned opponent at home, they're expecting a high of 20 degrees on Sunday in Chicago, so it should be some bitter weather. And the, I like the Chargers at home versus Denver. They were embarrassed by Houston. They're going to look to hammer a familiar foe at home. Amazingly, four of Denver's last five games in which they've allowed double-digit fantasy points to a defense have all been divisional games. Oh, and they still got Drew Locke at quarterback, too. Okay. Well, believe it or not, we've come to the end of our 14th podcast season here at FFMastermind.com, the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast. We're also celebrating our 26th anniversary season for the website. Uh, Chris, you've been with me the vast majority of that time, including what, tw- is it 12, 12 and a half seasons? How many, how many seasons? 12 and a half seasons on the podcast and about yep. uh, all but the first one uh, as a writer, I think. Yeah, we're talking that that was back in 1996 when we were absolutely free. Uh, it would be if you could do the wayback machine on Google, you can see take a, see a picture of what our website looked like back in way back in the day before before uh, Y2K, right? <laughs> uh, black background, yellow lettering. I don't know what we were thinking about and all, but uh, in order to get the newsletter, uh, we didn't even do a draft guide that summer because we just basically hit the the the, the web right in August. 
mid to late August. We did do some preseason rankings. Uh, in order to get access to the newsletter, all you had to do is sign up with your email address, and then we'd email you the newsletter. We didn't have any kind of password-protected site or whatever. It is, it's, it's fun and crazy to think of all the wild stuff that's gone on. And then, of course, uh, join Twitter. I joined Twitter back in 2009, right about the time we started uh, – the uh, actually it was actually after we started doing podcasting. I was like fourteen years, fourteen seasons. Wow, yeah, that goes back to two thousand seven. It's been a crazy time. Uh, it's been a fun time. I want to thank you for not only being a, a really good friend, a uh, really good uh, uh, writer or what you do, a fantasy player and such. I've really enjoyed my time with you. I hope to continue that into the future here. Uh, I can't believe it, it's been so long. Uh, but, you know, fantasy football like, brings people together. Uh, it, it just makes everybody crazy uh, about the NFL, and it's something that, you know, everybody enjoys and can do it. Most of the people just do it out for a hobby and all. I'm very, very lucky that that I'm fortunate that I can do this for a living, uh, you know, and, and work at home and such, especially now with the pandemic raging and all. But but uh, anyway, it, it, I really appreciate all the people that helped me on the site, including Chris, of course. Uh, a big uh, a shout-out to uh, my right-hand man, John Holler, who's been with the site since almost the beginning, uh, as well as John Cooney, who uh, does all the depth charts and, and game matchup analysis on our site and all. And, of course, Chris, you wrote so many articles for the draft guide and such. Uh, and, and Brent Lathrop is our dynasty specialist. Steve Yerger is our IDP guy. There's a, and then, of course, the countless of scouts that write for our site and all. It, uh, FF Mastermind wouldn't be the family that it is without everybody out there, all, all the helpers and, 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 uh, and, and all the subscribers, and as well as the patrons and everybody that listens here. Everybody's important. We wish everybody the happiest of holiday season. We will uh, we'll see you again, uh, hopefully maybe in the springtime once the free agency is settled down. Usually we do a podcast or two. Haven't done that recently only because of the pandemic and all raging and all. Hopefully we'll end up doing that again. If not, you'll hear from us again in late July uh, next year when training camps are about to start up again for the start of our 15th season. Anyway, we want to thank everybody for joining us. For Chris Rito, this is Michael Nazrek. See you all next year. That's right. Good night and good luck to everyone still playing this week. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Nazarak, the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time on Blog Talk Radio. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second.